I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And this is Neurodivergent Voices, the podcast amplifying the voices and lived experience of the neurodivergent community. We're licensed occupational therapists who specialize in the brain and are neurodivergent ourselves. Join us every so often in this podcast that is for you and by you, the neurodivergent community. If you're interested in learning more about neurodiversity and joining a vibrant community of neuroinclusive adults, head to our website, divergecommunity.com. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. Let's get to it. This week, we had the opportunity to interview Nancy. Nancy is a business owner and former HR exec who is now making strides in the world of neurodiversity advocacy, especially as it relates to the workforce. Nancy is a mother to three and identifies with both ADHD and dyslexia. Listen in. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living currently. Yeah, so um, like not a typical career path at all. Um, Out of college, I went into the Air Force um, because I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Of course, of course I did. (laughs) I actually wanted to drink beer and hang out with the guys. And I thought that that would be a solid way to to do both. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out being a fighter pilot was a whole lot more studying than I had bargained for. But so I went, I was in the Air Force. I got commissioned as an officer, spent six years out in LA, um, had an awesome time but grew up in the Toledo area. So eventually made my way back. I've always done like sales marketing and literally gotten pulled into HR every single time. So I always got hired as a salesperson because everyone's always looking for salespeople. And like an HR job would come along and they'd be like, oh, Nancy, she'll be great at that. The extent of one time a CEO was like, Nancy, she can run our accounting department. (laughs) And I was like- You're doing something right, lady. (laughs) I think you're, you have the wrong person. Like literally, <laughs> That's what I said to the CEO. I'm like, I, I think you're confused. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, 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 and numbers are like, not my thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, I, I honestly wasn't even diagnosed at that point. Like I just, mm-hmm. I, mean, I knew I was dyslexic. I joked about it, but, uh, and so I was like, I don't think that, and he's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like organizational processes. And I'm like, I mean, I'll try, but like, just feel free to like, tell me if I'm doing a terrible job. And so that like, that really got me started in like the organizational HR aspect of of things. And I do really like people. Like I really genuinely have like always, my mom would say like, I've always rooted for the underdog. Like I'm the kid on the playground that like goes and hangs out with like the kid that doesn't have any friends. So like HR kind of fits in that way. So, but I also, I hate rules and I hate structure and I hate stop signs and speed limit signs, like legitimately make me mad. Yeah. <laughs> why is somebody telling me what to do? <laughs> it's totally irrational, but it does. Um, so, so there's like this conflict of like helping people, which is great and having to follow rules, which is awful in mm-hmm. Asia, but there's like legal things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, uh, so I spent eight years kind of like in one company, but had like a ton of different jobs in that company, which is, I think the only reason I lasted eight years at one company, yeah. because li- literally every 18 months I'd be like, what's next, what's next, what's next. 
and they would have a new project and a new job for me and it was different and challenging like every time so Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Um, and then eventually just kind of like outgrew the company. There wasn't anywhere else to go. Um, I was reporting the CEO for, for a few years. Um, and so then I looked outside and found this VP of HR job and thought, of course I, of course I can, right? Okay. So I can. Um, super awesome CEO that I, I knew when I met the CEO, I was like, I need to like learn from him. He is awesome super just just great executive presence and I was on the executive team of like four to five hundred ish person company so like a lot of expansive like leadership over different locations and states um so that was super fun and also super stressful and all of like the mental stress that we put on ourselves was super taxing on top of like the the job's taxing right but like me trying to do that mentally was was tough um and I eventually just got burnt out honestly like I did it for almost three years so my kids are I have a stepson who's 13 a daughter who's 13 and a son who's eight and so I was like I can't I'm missing like the best years of my kids Mm -hmm. and literally like working 70 to 80 hours a week like I knew that I would probably end up divorced my kids would hate me and potentially like sick yeah you know what I mean like you could only handle like that much stress for so and no amount of money at the end of it is like worth it if you're like alone and your kids hate you and you're on the beach it'd be embarrassing Yeah. yeah um so I kind of had this epiphany of almost a year ago I went and talked to my CEO and I was like hey look like this job's amazing everything's great except for that like I can't do it <laughs> um, yeah. and I really didn't know what I was gonna do I just knew that I was gonna go out on my own my husband owns his own business my parents have always owned their own businesses dad's also dyslexic and ADHD I don't know mm-hmm. how my mom puts up with our <laughs> but he so he I watched him grow and like build these really successful businesses and I've always wanted to do it but like I've always had good jobs. So there's like the security of good jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew I wanted to go out on my own and try it. And so I, I, there was a long transition. It was like five months of transitioning, finding my new replacement and getting her, you know, whatever, all in the right spots. Um, and then I took some time off literally just to like take a breath and figure out who my kids were and repair some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, And then just like kind of peeling back the layers on like all these scripts that I had wrote in my own head of like how I had to like outwork everybody. And I had to like super overprove myself to like, it was crazy. Like it's still crazy. I still catch myself daily being like, what am I I trying to prove? Like, I don't know. But also the reason that I am successful too, right? Like Mm -hmm. outwork everybody does have its benefits. So um, it was probably, it was after the end of the summer that like the, like I knew that there was like this key in my, like this like locked box in my brain and there's a key and it was floating around and I couldn't grab it. Like I knew that there was something more than just HR consulting because that's so boring and whatever, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I'm just not like the typical person anyways. So I finally was like, oh my gosh, like that's it. Like helping people like me figure out the work world oh. that I've also navigated myself 
and didn't really know that I was navigating it differently. Like I knew I was different, but I didn't, I couldn't put a name to it. And so that's when I really started like diving into it um, and just researching more of like, and then it started like, like to come together, like, oh, I do that. I've, I've always done that, but I didn't know why I did that. And then I'm like, what if I can just like help other people speed up this process? <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at now. I, I do traditional HR work too, just because like it pays the bills. And I'm I'm really selective on the people I work with. Like I only work with clients that get my brain and like they're like, oh, you crazy speller, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creative <laughs> scholar. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're okay with it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of long-winded. Sorry. No, no, no that's not at all. It's exactly what we want. And just so you have like a little bit of background with what the heck we're doing with this and why we're doing it, that would be, would be nice for you too. Yeah. We don't really know yet, but mm-hmm. what we know is we are really enjoying having these conversations and mm-hmm. we're just really enjoying meeting mm-hmm. people and learning about lived experience. Yeah. So we're taking, we've been taking just small snippets to put on our TikTok, but we don't think that's like the right platform for this because these yeah. are such long-winded and nuanced Mm -hmm. and important like deep conversations that we're having that like people don't go to TikTok for yeah so we don't really know potentially like podcast or YouTube like later on just so that more people can actually get the full context of people because 15 little seconds of a snippet doesn't do it justice no yeah, but that being said, like at the end of this, maybe we can get your email address so that when we do figure out what we, the heck we want to do with it, we can just make sure that you're cool with what we're doing and yeah, you're informed and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But yes, keep your answers as long as it is possible. That's fine. If we need to set um, send another link, that's fine too. I think this one might cut us off at 30 minutes, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't? Okay. No. Well, I said I scheduled it for 30 minutes because I didn't want you to feel intimidated if I like set an hour and you're like, I'm just there for five minutes. <laughs> But um, so so that is such a a super cool journey and um, just like a little, I guess, quick background about us and how Mm -hmm. where our paths are kind of crossing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're both occupational therapists. Yep. And we've been practicing occupational therapists um, for like three and a half years Mm -hmm. and have been in um, like the hospital setting, pediatrics, Mm -hmm. um, residential facility. And like you, we kind of. I stayed at a job for almost two and a half years, um, but I'm someone that likes to always have a new adventure and a new challenge too, and mm-hmm. keeps me engaged. And we are the kind of people that were just like always getting frustrated with the arbitrary rules and yeah. the red tape. And mm-hmm. like, we felt like we could give so much more in our therapy than what insurance was allowing us to do or what mm-hmm. our organizations were allowing us to do. So we're like, mm-hmm. how about let's do our own thing? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with insurances, how it's more about not necessarily quality of life they're just like is it medically necessary I'm like okay but what about quality of life here (laughs) like you know work-life balance that type of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. and um do you want to talk a little bit about NASA because that's kind of how it it initially we even considered the world of like workplace oh yeah so one of my friends is actually a NASA scientist don't ask me exactly what she does. I just know she shoots up a rocket <laughs> with a big rocket to make sure that there's no like big thunderclouds. Um, but she saw that a lot of her employees were on the spectrum and whatnot and getting themselves in trouble with <laughs> HR quite often um, because of their interactions with like higher ups in 
different, like even UO, um, why can't I think of the big meeting place for governments around the world? Oh, the UN? Yes, United Nations? Okay. United Nations. <laughs> the, the dyslexia, the word finding, it, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, for United Nations, you know, they're like um, doing kind of inappropriate things with people because they were told at a bar that that's what you're supposed to do. So kind of lines um, fading between. So that's where I kind of started this more organizational stuff because my friend was like, hey, this would be perfect to kind of talk about social context and like what you should do, what you shouldn't do for a workplace versus your home life, you know, because we don't want to lose our NASA scientists. Their brains are so unique and like so valuable, yet we can't be having like national, you know, things occurring. (laughs) So yeah, that's where I kind of started in this whole organizational element. Um, But I still, at the end of the day, like have my pediatrics I'm a neuro based OT so like sensory integration and all that stuff so still try to bring some type of neuroscience into everything yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's awesome oh my gosh my like brain's like spinning I'm just I'm just soaking (laughs) it all up (laughs) explain yourself Rachel like a little backstory yeah so um I'm also a neuro occupational therapist. So my kind of passion specialty has been in traumatic brain injury. And mm-hmm. so I've worked most of my my long three-year career has been <laughs> with people with, with traumatic brain injury. And I've done lots of continuing ed there. Um, but I'm also, honestly, a lot of, Stephanie and I went to school together and mm-hmm. also um, worked one of our jobs together. And so mm-hmm. I learned a lot about like, what neurodiversity is and what it means through Stephanie. And she has helped me identify, figure out my identity (laughs) quite a bit. And like, she thought it was really cute that I didn't think I had ADHD. (laughs) And, and um, I had recently been diagnosed with OCD when I met Stephanie. And so just like, Stephanie just had like such a way of just embracing it. And just like, it was just normal for her. She's like, I, you know, I grew up with this. This is just so people are different. And so that was really inspiring for me. And then I kind of latched onto that and got really interested in like other people's lived experience. And my mom is 60 and she was just diagnosed with ADHD last year because of Stephanie's insight really. And mm-hmm. I mean, my mom's like off the chart ADHD yeah, and really, <laughs> really, really has, she's an engineer. She's freaking brilliant, but has always struggled with performance reviews and, and performing in her jobs and not working 80 hours, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel really fortunate that I've kind of figured out a lot of this while I'm still relative, you know, I'm 28. So it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I have a lot of my career to, to make changes. But it's also brought to my awareness, like how little people still know about themselves and about Mm -hmm. how these differences present themselves and how they can be such a, it's just different. It's not, it's not necessarily bad. And so that how we can just kind of start having a conversation about these differences as kind of a beautiful thing and a thing that can provide a lot of value. So we have a few, like just basic introductory educational presentations scheduled on what is neurodiversity in our community. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of seeing where that goes. Like our main objective there is just like awareness and yeah. advocacy, not mm-hmm. so much. May- maybe it will turn into like a, a revenue source, but for us right now, it's just that advocacy. Getting, yeah, getting people talking about it. So yeah, no, I, it's, so one of my clients, like the one I work mostly with, um, he's out of DC as a CPA. And I, the first time I was with him, I said, like, 
by the way, I'm dyslexic and ADHD. And he like, he got like, I think like scared, which I, it's been like a long time since like, I've like had like that reaction. So I was like, oh yeah. I, I always like, I, I like, I think I say to everybody in the grocery store that I see like, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I'm dyslexic. I can't do math or cash or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyways, he picked me up from the airport like two weeks later because we were going back to his office again. He's like, by the way, I've read more about this and I understand it more. And I think I have, I think I have one of those things. <laughs> I was like, I think you do too. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's I didn't. Powerful. Like, yeah. It's just those conversations. And I'm like, that's why he's like a successful, like he's got this successful firm and like 30 people mm-hmm. working for it. Like, and I'm like, a like yes yeah it's like it's a good thing and he's like he's like it's interesting to watch the process out of mm-hmm. body with somebody else yeah absolutely yeah. No, it's it's kind of like selfishly fun yeah because <laughs> yeah, we've known each other for a, we went through grad seven years yeah seven years so i seen rachel kind of start to identify with herself more and it's just like yeah it's taken seven years to be like yes yeah uh-huh but it, yes. it's funny like when i first met you and like I didn't know anything about ADHD. When you said you had ADHD, I was like, okay. You know, just like, I just was completely unaware. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie was always like, kind of checking in on me. Like she had a pulse about like my external body cues that I did. So she'd always be like, hey, you doing okay? Do you need a break? And I'm like, what? I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it just takes that, that personal experience to see it in someone else. And so that's why like, you and you and, and now me are so valuable and being like hey here's this really obvious thing that might change your world right yes yeah that's so yeah so um okay next question what are some things that you're really good at mm. uh, so many uh, <laughs> uh but I have so many to balance it out uh so um super good at like mm, okay so one thing I'm I'm really good at is in the recruiting space and I've been lucky like at the top of organizations in HR like I know all the different pieces and things going on which is super valuable I think most HR people probably get stuck in a silo and they don't necessarily know what else is going on in the company but for me I can talk to somebody in an interview and I like literally don't even know what position I'm interviewing for and I really don't care like I just learn about the person and try to pick out their strengths Mm -hmm. and then adapt them to one of those many positions we have and sometimes that work like the last CEO I had didn't really like that like he's like no if you went to marketing school like you went you're like doing that path and I'm like ooh but a marketing person in HR could help us with employer branding and build out this mm-hmm. social media platform and like help us recruiting. And he's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> but like, so in the recruiting world, like I have just like a kind of a sixth sense about people and like picking out their strengths, maybe even when they don't even know their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the business, like I love big picture business. I, I just, I love business and I love helping companies make money strategically mm-hmm. um and so like bringing the human element into it but then just like like I was in a meeting once for a transportation company that I worked for and I was like why is it so hard to order a truck like if some guy's on a shipping dock and needs a truck I can order a pizza faster than they can and track it 
like right like through marco's pizza it's not even a huge place easier than we can order a tr like then then they do it every day like why can't we be that easy like we should have alexa or siri like right. for us like what are we doing and they're like oh yeah like so like those type of things just like out of the box crazy ideas um are probably like some of my and I just like to have awesome. like, <laughs> too seriously either, which yeah. like, the higher up you get in the business world, like, like the more people think you need to be serious. And I just never like let myself get there. Like, I'm like, no, like if you need me to be serious and that's <laughs> like, go find something else. Because <laughs> like, I can't think that. <laughs> those are such, like, those are such beautiful neurodivergent strengths, right? It's like yeah. this idea of like, cognitive flexibility and your creativity and uh, your ability to see and think about things differently like it sounds mm -hmm. like your boss is probably like wait but this is the way it's always been done and this mm -hmm. is how it should be done and you're like but, but does it need to be <laughs> because it's really good at this and I love mm -hmm. I love your emphasis on the strengths and, and really playing on those because so often we're focused on what people can't do and making it better yeah. when it's just like hey but there's so many things they can do so let's prioritize those first mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always, um, so spelling, I, I mean, I know dyslexics in general have a tough time spelling. I have an insanely tough time spelling. Um, even my own name, I, I'm not joking. <laughs> like it's bad. There's five letters for gosh sakes. Like, <laughs> um, but so I literally have always like pay people in Starbucks gift cards or lunches or whatever to proofread my stuff like over mm -hmm. and over again. Um, not knowing what I was doing, but, and, or I'd like, I worked at Verizon as a sales rep once um, and I would literally turn my tablet over and have them punch in their phone number for me because there was no way in heck I was going to get the, like, but like, I didn't think that I was like, I wasn't like, I'm dyslexic. So I'm going to have you type in your phone number. I just figured like after the third time of trying to type in somebody's phone number and not coming up right, I'm like, let's make this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and then to so my last job, I had an executive administrator who was amazing. Literally on day one, I was like, so I'm dyslexic and I can't spell. And writing's like super tough too. Like I can get the words out sometimes, but it's grammatically awful. Um, mm -hmm. And so anyway, she was like, oh, you're cute. I'm like, like <laughs> you're, you're well-spoken. You're, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're really mm -hmm. well like, looked at in the company. And she told me a year later, she was like, if you wouldn't have told me that, I would have like thought you knew somebody in the company to get the job. She's like, mm -hmm. there's no way that like reading the way you write like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you ever got to be a VP of anything. Like, mm -hmm. if like, if you hadn't told me that, I would have just thought that you didn't deserve them. And so I'm like, it really solidified, like, I I have to tell people, like, mm -hmm. to make it okay for them and to, like, have people understand that, like, this is not, like, ADHD is not, like, oh, I, like, look at squirrels out the window. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm legitimately crying in front of my computer, trying to focus. I would give anything to focus some days. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it is a real thing. And it's not that I'm typing too fast and I misspell the word. Like it doesn't look wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's so, it's so apparent that you are like mindful of what your, 
um, like codependent needs are like yeah. we all have things that we rely on others for. And that's not mm-hmm. inherently a weakness. It's just mm-hmm. like knowing yourself and advocating for it. So I think that's so kind of inspiring that you're like, I come in and I just own it right off the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need someone <laughs> yeah. that's proofread. Stephanie's the same way with me. She's yeah. like, I'm not posting anything until you read it first, because I yeah. know Mm-hmm. But then I'm also not great. So then I have my husband prove it too. You know? <laughs> so we got to trade him. Yeah. No, but she's like, oh, for the blog post for our website, you know, can you do all these things? I'm like, absolutely. I, I will write all the blog posts any day, you know, but I, 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 you need to edit it because I will, it'll look like word vomit and it made sense up here. I don't know if it made sense to you. So, yeah. <laughs> but without really owning it, it can, like, you can kind of give people power to like, you know, minimize you for that Absolutely, and yeah. try and rewrite the narrative how they want to write it of like, oh, you're not smart or mm-hmm. you can't communicate. It's like, well, no. Yeah. I know what I can. I can't no, do if someone, tell you. Yeah. <laughs> if someone were to read my email or something, they'll be like, oh, you are not a smart individual. I'm like, mm, some, I don't know. <laughs> I do have a master's in neuroscience type stuff. So <laughs> not. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, well, my dogs have to go out there being obnoxious right now. They're so cute. <laughs> um, You kind of answered like, the 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 meat of the question that we like with this interview is like what do you wish people understood more about the conditions that you identify with but is there anything you wanted to add on that Mm. so so recently it's been like on my brain um I feel like there are people that use the terms and don't really like they use it in a joking way Mm mm-hmm but then, and, and maybe don't really have it, but it's just kind of like a fun thing to say, whatever. And then there's people that really have it and don't say it. Yeah. And, and so my husband and I, we just got back from vacation and we were talking about this and um, he's neurotypical, which is like so weird. He's like, we have like less neurotypical people in our house. Like the neurodiverse people outweigh the neurotypical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so we were talking and he's like, but how would I like know, like if I said it jokingly that I have ADHD, like how would I, I don't mean that in a mean way. And I'm like, no, you're right. Like, I think it's not to put more pressure on the neurodiverse people, but it's, it's almost up to us to like start the conversation and like say like, no, this is really a thing. Like, and I really do struggle with it and I'm not joking and like be brave enough to say it. Mm -hmm. Like because I don't think, I don't think anybody's trying to like do harm by joking about it. Like, I, I don't like, I, maybe I just see too much good in the world, but I don't, I don't think that they're like inherently bad or mm-hmm. need to be bad. But I think we have to start empowering people to like really talk about it and say like, look, this is, this is a weakness. Like, this is something that I need help with. Like, and I want you to help me with it, but here's all of the things that you're going to get in return, which are, and the more we can like list out those things, I think like on the front end and say like, Hey, okay. Yeah. Like my spelling is terrible, but look, we have Grammarly and all the other things and Sarah, you know, like it's a great spell checker. So who cares what you can't get with Sarah is all these creative, crazy ideas that are going to put you on the map and build your company. Mm -hmm. Like what employer wouldn't they're like, oh yeah, I'll take your spelling <laughs> any day. Yeah. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's just kind of like been on my mind. It, it's not easy. I met with a lady um two weeks ago. She works for a big company, like a big 
global company that's headquartered here in Toledo. Um, and she's having like the toughest time going through, she went through the ADA process for ADHD and like, I get it. Cause I was on the HR side, like ADA is literally like a phase gate to stop people from, you know, like it is so inherently negative in like the whole way it's written. Yeah, and, like, absolutely. The legal pieces of it. And like it, but I, I like I wanted to be like you shouldn't have done that you should have just gone and talked to your manager and like like I hate that the system's broken but it's broken like it's not going to help you yeah um and I wish it wasn't broken and in 30 years it probably won't be broken but like it's not going to get fixed fast enough for you right it's it's fr- I don't know it's frustrating but I it kind of like a realization that even big companies that talk about diversity and all the all the stuff like they don't necessarily really want to deal with it either. No. Yeah. It seems like it's more lip service sometimes that barrier of just people not understanding and not knowing that is like where I think all the groundwork really needs to happen. So it's mm-hmm. like, when you hear that, it's not like this automatic, what, what does this mean? Yeah. Like when I, when I disclosed the same company about, which I went back and forth, back and forth. Is it, is there value in disclosing for me? Is there not? Is there, but like, I got to a point that I like, I needed support and I needed for my OCD. Like I just needed my boss to know. Mm-hmm. And then like in telling them, I didn't get any support. It was just like, it just would always like come up. Like if I was like struggling just with something unrelated, it's like, oh, is this because of your OCD? And you're like, this really, this really didn't help me. So like, how can we, how can we have a way that we can get the support we need mm-hmm. without it just backfiring on us? It's mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I- up to because it's not always the same like there are days where meetings are fine right like I'm just pulling meetings I'm just for an example but like there are days when meetings with big people and all the the sensory things are fine and then there's other days where maybe like there's more stressors going on in the background or whatever and they're not fine and so it's hard because it's not like the same thing always helps and it's not like the same thing always triggers yep Mm mm-hmm And, but like, but that's like life too, right? Like everybody has stuff going on in the background and neurodiverse, neurotypical, it doesn't matter. Like there are days where things like affect you differently. And like, if we could just get more flexible on like reading people and being okay with bad days. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that would at least be like a start into it of like, oh, that person probably has something going on or they're I mean I don't know you you girls probably don't have kids yet but or ladies sorry (laughs) Um, but like there are days where I drop off my kid and literally cry to work right and then like you get in the parking lot and you put your game face on and you go in but like the minute something would happen you're like I don't have the energy for that today like Mm -hmm. oh it it doesn't it's not even that I'm ADHD or dyslexic like that's just life Yeah. yeah And like, I just think we have to like start being a, just a little bit more understanding that like people don't, like they don't leave their lives at the door. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching to the choir and we all know this, but like, how do we get CEOs and leadership people to like say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like for people like us that are more vocal and like, well, 
chat someone's ear off. It's like, I almost feel like there's more pressure and more weight on us to speak for people that don't feel comfortable. Like you said, mm-hmm. people that do have it, but won't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of almost feel like it's like our obligation to help them communicate their needs too, you know? hundred percent. I have, so I, I have two kids. They're both, well, one's getting tested next week in Ann Arbor. Um, but <laughs> formally, because you can't yeah. do anything in the dang school system it's without school. Yeah. no. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't even do the child route because I'm way too close to it that I like I yeah, like it's like too emotional for me to like do it. But um but like I just I I like every time I start to struggle with it, I'm like, no, because my kids deserve a better chance than me. You know, and again, like, my parents did everything. Like I had all the support in the world and I never got diagnosed. My mm-hmm. dad didn't get diagnosed. He has patents on top of patents. And like, I mean, he's crazy smart, right? But like, like I want my, and both my kids know what we talk about it. Like, I think my one stepson's like, I want that. <laughs> like, I want to be dyslexic. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm like, well, buddy. Uh, <laughs> It's good and bad, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I want them to feel like they can walk into a room and own it. And, and my daughter does, she's 13 and she's like, every kid in that school knows she's dyslexic and she's mm-hmm. proud of it. Um, my son's very opposite of that, but um, yeah, I want a workplace that she can go in and be like killer and know she's killer because mm-hmm. of her brain. Um, and it'll probably take us 25 years to get there. <laughs> In it for the long haul, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, long it, haul. I think it's a worthy, I don't know. I, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, but like, it's like, it's the worthy cause that's mm-hmm. worth fighting for. Yeah. In my world. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like parenthood, like you talked about, I think that's like kind of one of the biggest places that you can make that difference is just being the role model mm-hmm. for your kids. Mm-hmm. And I know Stephanie's kind of more in the space of, of thinking about kids than I am, but I do know that, that can, it's going to be a, a way to move the dialogue along too is through our kids. So mm-hmm. keep keep being awesome and keep showing that and yeah. being proud for your kids because that's mm-hmm. huge and that rubs off to mm-hmm. the kids' friends and it's just there's a ripple effect, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's good that you're there supporting them too and kind of modeling it because being like a pediatric therapist myself and having the talk with parents like, hey, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and like it might be the time to start modeling yeah type of things is yeah huge and just like the developmental need behind it and being like you can speak to them with all the evidence like listen this is like going to be the best for their like self-confidence and for them to be able to advocate for themselves because I can tell them all their regulation strategies but if they can't tell their teacher or their boss you know it's not gonna be as impactful so and you need to be the one kind of showing how you do that yeah so I applaud you for starting so we have a therapist for my eight-year-old son who is ADHD as well. I wish he was dyslexic too, because it would really help. He doesn't know anything about dyslexia, but anyway, fine. Um, but it, it's like, he's helpful, but at the end of the day, Jack doesn't melt down in the hour session that we're there, right? Like, oh, right. yeah, <laughs> it's right. the environment, yeah. He's tired and he's, he has to do homework and he's done for the day and he can't be done for the day. And yeah, like, so parents have to be there and we have to own it ourselves too. Like you said, like if, if one of, if the child's ADHD or dyslexic, 
Yeah, where we get that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And to say magically appear. Yeah. I don't know. You guys are the 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 scientist people, but I don't think it just magically appears. So yes. no. <laughs> um. So I was thinking, like, while we were talking, I I think this would be a great like podcast. Yeah, because I think like it shows like normal people with like, and not that I don't love Richard Branson doing everything that he's doing amazing right but like we're not all billionaires right yes thank you <laughs> like we're literally just doing this in our kitchen our yeah kitchen, that's what the room we have in our house <laughs> yeah exactly like we're just normal people there are normal people in your workplace right now that also have this but they don't mm-hmm. even know it probably but they do and they struggle with it and so like just like give you more like visibility to like the normalcy of it yeah mm-hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. I love, I love all of our gears turning together. So much. Yeah. I feel like little um, mad scientists in the corner. Yeah. I know. I'm so glad we connected. I think that you're going to, I'm just really looking forward to hopefully keeping in touch with you and yeah. continuing to, to spread ideas around and yeah, some kind of, some kind of podcast platform seems. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love this three minutes on TikTok. I'm sorry. It just, nah. no. it doesn't, I know it just doesn't do it justice. I think it's a good like advertising platform for, for bigger things. But um, yeah, I have a, a good friend who I worked with in the past who is her daughter just got diagnosed with dyslexia. And we were talking about doing a podcast, but I also, I try to rein myself in because I could do a million things. But Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, you don't want to spread the spoons everywhere, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it takes a lot of work and probably a lot of like capital to like, and not a lot of capital, but there's definitely some money involved on mm-hmm. the microphones and the sound and all that good stuff. So um happy to help wherever. Yeah. And I'll certainly keep you you both in the loop too, like if we ever decide to go that route. Um Absolutely. but um, that would be great. So excited. Oh, Nancy, it was so nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. I mean, honestly, like, we'll have to get together at some point in, in person. I was going to say, you're already driving 10 hours. So, <laughs> so we're right there. Absolutely. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That. It can be kind of, it can be kind of lonely to be a, a business owner. So it's nice to have. Yeah. Community, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I have my own office space, which is good. Um, yeah. And my, actually, I rent it out of a building that my dad owns. So he's downstairs some days. And so some days I just go down, I'm like, want to have a cup of coffee? <laughs> yeah, it's just good. Um, yeah. Human connection. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was so nice to meet you. Absolutely. You guys too. Let me know if you need anything. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Neurodivergent Voices. Tune in next week as we interview our co-host, Stephanie, as she shares her experience growing up with anxiety, dyslexia, and ADHD. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled.